A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! What a crazy finish to WWE Hell in a Cell 2018 that was! I'm Ollie Davis, this is the other one Luke Owen. Welcome to the Hell in a Cell review edition of Wrestle Ramble, where, overall, I'd say a pretty good show. We went in on our prediction show when it went up on Thursday or Friday, whenever it was, and we said, hey, if people get enough time to wrestle, the talent is there to be an entertaining show. The one thing where WWE usually screw it up is the finishes. But for the large part of this show, the finishes were really innovative, maybe Maybe too many roll-ups, but that's a that's a nitpick. But they were like they were smart finishes, and I really enjoyed some. Like some of them were very very inspired. Apart from the main event. Yes, yeah. So I mean, I thought it was actually also it was a very good show. Yes. Like I, I mean, it was amazing. You kind of wake up to the people on Twitter going like, "Worst show ever! Can't believe they booked this. How how bad was it? Worst show ever!" And I'm like. I thought it was pretty good, actually. For them, I thought the first two hours in particular were excellent. Yeah. Like among like the best that WWE has done all year. Yes, it's definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. And, and and we said it like sometimes these B pay per views are the sleeper hits. Yeah. It might get lost in the shuffle of WWE's. Oh, we need to chuck everything at the wall mentality. But this was a solid show, I thought. Yeah, I thought this was really, really excellent. I really enjoyed the in-ring action in particular. I thought it was all very good. The um, the Raw tag match oh, was... Stole absolute. the show. Yeah, and it, it, I was watching it going like, I mean, this might be probably one of the best matches that WWE have done on pay-per-view this year. Yeah, the other yeah. one I could think of was the um, the Rollins-Miz match at a... Not whichever pay-per-view it was that they opened with. Remember they opened with that? Like it was Rollins. Balor as well. No, no, that was on a mania. This was just Rollins and Miz. Okay. And it was like an opener for the show, and everyone was like, uh, that was absolutely amazing. I Probably think it, backlash. I think it was actually backlash, funnily enough. But the, the, we're talking first off about that main event finish. Yes. Uh, well, yes. So the point I was going to get to mm. eventually was that, yeah, it, it was weird as well because, like, I wasn't really that into this match. I found myself being easily distracted because it was like three hours and 20 minutes into the show. I was like, I've been watching this since 5 a.m. Yeah. I'm quite, I'm, I'm almost ready for this to be done now. I've seen a lot of Roman Braun matches, but you know, hey, try, you know, try and impress me. Foley's there. Foley's there. And the I'm like, Helena I'm sells red. red. I was like, I'm trying to get into this, but I did find myself being slightly distracted by it. But. I thought all the smoke and mirrors that they put around it were genuinely very good. Like, it was really, really good. So let's go through what happened here. Reigns and Strowman had what you, you said was a okay match. Yeah, yeah, the weakest that these two have yeah. had. And these two have had some 
awesome matches, but like uh, they've had some really, really great matches. But this was certainly at the weaker end of their outings. Yeah, and it's not through lack of trying because they they got out loads of different weapons, but it was. And we, I like big move, big move, <laughs> but I don't know. It didn't work here. It was just Superman punch. Weapon hit, choke Boom. slam. Yeah, choke slam. Choke slam on the apron was cool from Braun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and and there was a, a spot early on where Foley did seem to count three, and Strowman seemed legit annoyed. <laughs> and the crowd were annoyed as well because they yeah. thought it was the finish too. That would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so so you get like I would say fifteen minutes or maybe 10, 15 minutes of this rather plodded. Like it was fine, but you know it's in the main event spot. We've been impressed all night. It's in Helena Cell. Foley's there, and it was just a. Uh, it was just a normal Hellenist. Well, not even a Hellenist so much. It was just a normal it, hardcore match. It did not feel main event. No. Um, and then that WWE must have predicted this happening because out came the smoke and mirrors. Oh, and there were smoke and mirrors at plenty. Yeah, maybe that should be Drew and Dolph's tag team name. <laughs> smoke and mirrors. It was almost like Cody Rhodes had come down with, Whoa, you're only smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And... So, so Roman takes out Braun with a spear. A spear so devastating, <sighs> neither man would get up for another 20 minutes. Yeah, it was a spear through the table. And Vinny... Set up in the corner. Yeah, Brian and Vinny, well, Vinny on the Brian and Vinny show said this in their review of the show, was like, okay, so imagine you're Roman and Braun, and the WWE team have come up to you and said, like, oh, cool, so in your main event match, you're going to do a spot, and then you're going to have to lie down for 15 minutes... And then someone else is going to run in. They're going to both attack you. And the match isn't going to have a finish. And he was like, now imagine being you. It's like, would you bother trying? Like, would you bother trying in the match? Sure. Out of context, you take that as an isolated incident. You'll be like, what the hell's going on here? But in the grander scheme of WWE, I I bet both men were like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a, we're fine with that one, actually. Yeah. Because, the, because the, and this is to WWE's credit, so much craziness happened that you, like, I wasn't annoyed. I, apparently people in the arena were annoyed that the finish wasn't definitive in the end. We'll get to how it happened. Uh, but yeah, I, I was so impressed with all the, the shocks, particularly uh, one. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. One of them I did not see coming whatsoever. Mm. And, um, like, I would say, though... That although I really did enjoy the smoke and mirrors, I think it says a lot about the match that there are five people we're going to talk about, and all five of them yes. were not actually in the match itself. Okay, there were so eight people involved in this match, really, and five of them were the ones we're going to talk about, and three of them were actually advertised. Yeah, uh, nine if you count Heyman. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. And he did get involved. So Roman takes out Braun with this epic spear this 20 minute selling long spear it was such a powerful spear that Roman sold it yes that's a good point (laughs) Roman the recoil oh god that hurt Braun's been working out his core is so strong he's doing doing that DDPY yeah it's like spearing a washboard (laughs) and Dolph Ziggler smoke and mirrors come out Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre and they're trying to get into the cell uh, not as strong as someone who would come out later. And they can't open the cell door. And then the shield run down. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And they start fisticuffing. D- Dolph looks around the arena. You know, he sees there's a barricade with a clear exit. There's the ramp. I could possibly run round the ring and go up there. No, he climbs up the cage well, he, is the best way to get away. He did try and get over the barricade, but they put a stop to that. But there's, I mean, it's, it's I mean, quite there, a large there was still more. But it was like you know, remember when the old days when the shield used to get into the ring, and there's three of them, 
and they would all oh, crowd yeah. onto the ring, and everyone was like, "There's no escape. There's another side. There's like another exit you could get out of." Yeah, there's only four sides to a square. <laughs> exactly. Michael Cole's screaming, "There's no, no way es- out. There's no escape." Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Ziggler thought, and Corey tried to cover it, and he was like, "The only place he can go is up the cell. It's the only place he can escape to." I guess, but, but, fair, but enough. fair enough. That's wrestling. That's right, re- absolutely. We accept these things. It's had an SL match. People climb up the, the cage. We, it's just that's what you expect these days. So uh, Dolph goes up there with Seth hot on his heels, and they start. And it's always spectacular, especially when you get those wide shots mm-hmm. of how big that structure is. Yeah, it was really impressive. And they're so high up, and every step you can see the foot push down on the 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 mesh. Yep. To, to, go below the bar on the hard cam perspective and yeah they're having a little brawl but uh oh here's big man drew coming up he looked crazy going up there he's such a large human yeah to climb up the side of the cage his fingers must be in agony well it it was a much more padded cage that's why it's Ah. red is because it's it's rubber now as opposed to being wire mesh um, so the percentage is put rubber around it, so it's much safer for people to take bumps into. That's a good thing in my books. Yeah. It's the same with the elimination chamber. Lovely stuff. Let's protect people. Good, l- lovely. Um, so it probably didn't hurt as much this time because he's just climbing up rubber. Mm. If well, he was climbing good. up wire mesh, that would have hurt. Yeah. So he, so Drew gets up there, and Dolph and Drew get the better of Seth. But then here comes Crazy Dean with a, with kendo, a kendo stick. stick. And I actually thought they did two moments in this show really really well and it was around the two the same two people mm. they kind of like built up this idea that Dean versus Drew McIntyre mm. is a dream match that people really want to see they did it during yeah. the tag match when they sort of squared off the crowd were like oh yes I really want to see this and I myself was like yeah I really want to see this yeah. and then they did it again up at the top of the cell when Dolphin Seth went off one way and all of a sudden you just left with Dean and Drew and they did the hockey fight and the crowd went crazy for it and I was like they've done a really good job here in one show of building this up as a dream match I want to see so, so yeah that was really cool and they, they do like a quadruple down Yeah, and that was the point where I was like wait a second this is technically a six-person down. <laughs> yes. A hexa down. There's still two people down yeah. in the ring, still selling it. Uh, and it, it just looks spectacular. And then Seth and Dolph start to climb down the side of the cage. There's the hockey fight spot. Mm-hmm. Never got a... We're talking about finishes here for the, for the pay-per-view and this match in particular. Where was the finish to Drew, Drew and Dean? Well, it's a bit Are like... still up there? Do you remember when we did our uh, Wrestle Ramble Extra review of Hell in a Cell 2000, when yeah. The Undertaker essentially force-pushed... Armageddon 2000. Armageddon 2000. What did I say? Hell in a Cell 2000. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, it Back was a in hell- a day where they'd name it after fun things rather <laughs> than gimmicks. Yeah, no, sorry. The Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon 2000 is more what I meant. And uh, Undertaker did that force push off R- of Rikishi. The choke push. Yes, yeah. which was so devastating to The Undertaker that he just fell down. Yeah. That's what happened to Dean and Drew here. They just clotheslined each other. And it was because so, it was so high up, you know, vertigo and all that. They just had to stay, they had to stay down. In kayfabe. That's an awkward climb back down the cage. <laughs> when the match is over, yep. you just like, well, you know. Got to get down now. But yeah, just, uh, should I go this way? You go that, okay. Yeah. I'm still angry with Can't you. Can't keep fighting. The pay-per-view feet's gone. Yeah, so Seth and Dolph are fighting on the, sort of, sort of like midway up through the cage wall. There's that rung where they could put their feet. And they're both like, the commentary, don't worry. The commentary table was cleared before they went up there. Phew. Yep, don't want to hurt yourselves. But actually, you don't. You don't. So that's yeah, good. That's good. And they're brawling, 
and yeah, they, they shuffle a bit to the side. So they've got <laughs> the right was trajectory. proper like moving into position yeah. for it. Yeah, and yeah. they did the. Uh, it was the Hell in a Cell 2015. Um, Seth and Dean did this exact same bump and exact oh, same really? spot. Yeah, in their Hell in a Cell match. Ah, yeah, because it was. Uh, I mean. It, it does take me out of it when I can see what they're obviously doing. <laughs> but I have no qualms of trying to take this bump as safely as possible. Still a high, still high up. It's yep. above the turnbuckle, right? Mm-hmm. And a turn, like turnbuckle to the outside through the commentary table. It's a hellacious move to take. So they both crash through the commentary table, and I was like, "Well, that's cool. This, this is this is fun actually. Like they've taken away from the boring Roman Braun stuff. Done, 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 done. And what? No, huh? That genuinely caught by surprise. I yeah. thought this was incredible. There are very few times in our position where we keep up to date with every single rumor and every single report and backstage things. And it's our job to like overly speculate on things as well when we do predictions. Neither of us ever predicted that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman would return here. It was awesome. Do you know what the funniest thing was? You hear that music so little, I didn't know who it was at first. Because no. it was, like, and I was like, I recognise that music. Wh- who is it? Because they didn't show it at first. They just yeah. showed the cell and they showed the music and the crowd going like crazy for it. And I was like, I know the music. I know. The- I can't think what it is. And then as soon as I saw Lesnar, I was like, Oh my god, it's, it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And and Amos there. And I was genuinely like, it was a brilliant surprise. Like so so good. And I but I was really into it because of the smoke and mirrors. Because smoke and mirrors versus the shield. I was massively into this. It's a great feud. But when Lesnar came down as well, I was like, oh my I didn't see this coming. I was so into this yeah. now. And Michael Michael Cole's got a new thing at the moment, I think. Oh and my. it's all this almost oh my. It almost feels like it's a direct uh, reply to those who say that WWE is too predictable. Because he also said this two weeks ago, these exact words, and I'm guessing they're fed words by Vince McMahon. Mm. No one in a million years would have predicted this would have happened like yeah, when, would, yeah. when it did okay. it when the undertaker came back at raw he said those exact words no one in a million years would have predicted that the undertaker was here tonight when we all figured when pw insider reported that. so apparently uh the, it was known a couple of hours beforehand that brock was backstage really glad i didn't see that report. i was gonna say well i, I on the day of pay-per-views i stay away from yeah, any yeah. like news websites or anything like that because i had um sting debuting in wwe ruined because of that mm. hmm. so lesnar comes out with a beard yeah it looks great so he's in ufc mode paul Heyman's there with him <laughs> it's the whole mode. package and he comes down, he looks at the door that Drew and Dolph had struggled well, over. Heyman's there, unlock it, yeah. unlock it. And the ref's going, I can't unlock it. Heyman just, <laughs> Lesnar just takes one look at it and just boots it in and, and just, just kicks the door down. It. And it awesomely fell in and he could use it as a ramp to walk <laughs> up and so go badass. over onto the ring apron. It was so awesome. Yeah, and then Heyman's there, he gets the pepper spray out and sprays Foley. I like that spot. I think that's going to get missed in all of the craziness because that directly ties back to when Paul turned on Roman yeah. in, in the SummerSlam build. So that's like Paul's little thing. Ha-ha. Sp- look at my flower. That would be better <laughs> if he was like a clown. Do you think they're going to build to uh, Roman and Mick versus Paul and Brock? Oh, yeah. At the Saudi show. Yeah, the way they're going with mixed uh, tag matches. Yeah. Why not? And it, it was just... It, I really didn't see it coming. It was, it was an excellent surprise. Yeah, it really was. And it's... So sometimes when people come back, you're like, well, you know, they need they needed to have stayed out longer. Like, it's really, this is only four weeks since... SummerSlam, yeah. But this one worked. Like, yeah. it's not a hard and fast rule. 
this this really really worked. I, I thought, thought it this was, was excellent. One of the better moments of the year in WWE. It really was. And considering all like the ill will that was directed towards Lesnar mm-hmm. at the end of his, and that's yeah. WWE's booking's fault. But just like that, he didn't, he wasn't defending the title, and it strung out forever. And to have him come back and he feels completely refreshed. Well, bloody well done. But as far as we could tell, he's only going to be here till November because the the report is that he's here because of the Saudi Arabia Money. show, Money Talks and all that. So he's going to do one more date for the Saudi Arabia show in November and then he's off again back to UFC because he's got his UFC fight in January. Yeah, which makes sense. And then which he makes probably sense. can come back for Mania. For Mania. I mean... That's more Brock than we got when he was champion. Yeah. So I, see. I can't remember who tweeted it now. It says, like, oh, now you decide to show up, Brock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, when he's not champion. <laughs> he's not he's champion. Not even, over bo- not even booked for the show. Uh, so he comes down, and, and then he gets a bit of the broken table, and he clobbers Braun with it, and he hits Braun with an F5, and then he hits Roman with an F5 on top of Braun. Yeah, no regard for, for either man in that scenario. It looks amazing. <laughs> and and then he walked off, and everyone's like, oh my god, that was amazing. And, and then the pay-per-view just went, okay, we're done. Yeah, that was it. Like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I'm so into this match now. I was really into the Smoke and Mirrors versus the Shield. I was massively into Brock coming down. I was like, I'm now this match has just kicked up a gear. I cannot wait to see what happens next. And then it's like, new official's down. He's ruled it a no contest. Tune in for Raw. And then the pay-per-view ended. And it was, I was like, so quick. And like, we ran out of time. I was like, wait, what? And then, yeah, and, and it just ended. Yeah. And from what the reports are that they ended it so quickly because they didn't want the, you know, the negative crowd reaction, which they're going to get because it's a main event without a finish. And they usually do get heavily booed. Uh, they didn't want that coming across on TV. They did the same thing with SummerSlam last month. After Roman, like as soon as Roman won, to cut the feeds mm. because we don't want to have the negative crowd reaction on the network. And they just did it again here, and it literally was like it just came to an end. I thought my network was broken, mm. like it ended so abruptly. Um, it, it's it's a real shame, and it is a real shame. And that's that was what I that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's a real shame because I was just so into this at that at that point when uh, when Lesnar was walking off, I was like. This has just kicked up a gear. Man, what's going to happen next? Oh, it's over. And I'm like, oh. And that's, that's my negative feeling on this now. It's mm. like, and that's, it's how you leave them, folks, as you often say. And unfortunately, this left me a bit cold, yeah, which is a shame. But so that there's multiple reasons why this is bad as well. Uh, you've got the whole element of building up this match with the McFoley 20 years since the hellacious Hell in a Cell bump with The Undertaker at King of the Ring 1998. Built to nothing. That match was not called off. No. And that had a lot more, that had like significantly more dangerous things happen in it. Well, in the very first Hell in a Cell between Michaels and The Undertaker, Kane came down, ripped the door off, and he interfered and tombstone people and like hit people with plunder. That match still had a finish. That match continued. Yeah, so there is a historical precedent of Hell in a Cell matches not ending in a no contest and definitively having a winner no matter what happens. But it's not just a historical precedent. It's a precedent that was set at the start of the night in the Randy Orton-Jeff Hardy match where Hardy takes a pretty crazy bump off the top of the cage through a table and the EMTs rush down right away and the referee's like, we've got to call this match off. Randy says, do your damn job. And he pins Hardy and the referee counts the pin. So it's like, okay... Those are the rules that you've established at the start of the night. Well, I think the rules they established there is that a match can be called off. No, but they didn't because Autumn was like, no, 
That's not how Hell in a Cell matches well, work. Well, that's Orton's a heel. I, I, I guess. I'm, and I'm just playing devil's advocate playing devil's here. Sure, you're, you're pritching. You've been a pritching. I've been pritching it. Uh, and the, so th- those are two elements to it. But the last one for me is Brock F5'd Roman on top of Braun. That is a covering position. He bounced off. But if he didn't bounce off yeah. and Brock walks off, Foley is like confused. One, two, three. That's all you needed to do. I get you don't want to beat Braun, but enough stuff happened here. But it protects here. him, though. Yeah, because Lesnar... I mean, it, you, really, you needed more happening well, that's down, it, yeah. down there in between that spear and 15 minutes later, Lesnar comes out. But th- there are ways to book around that, too. Just just have some action going on in the ring while there's stuff going on up above. Well, it's that, called yeah. cross-cutting. Well, that's because how it, Star yeah. Wars is so exciting in the last act. Well, this is why... This was my issue I took with the finish, was that, like... Like at the pay per view at SummerSlam, like Lesnar delivered, you know, four hundred F fives to Roman Reigns, and he kept getting back up. Here he hits one, and it's like, well, that's too much. Call the match yeah. off. Well, you know, Roman's, oh, Roman's shoulder, shoulder, yeah, from yeah, the, from the, from the spear, spear. Yeah. and like, and Braun, like, was you know, he's always been standing up from F fives as well. So it just felt weird that it was just both men just got given one F five, and then and then that was it. Mm. If, I, I think you, as you said, you could have had a finish. Like I, I was just my notes here was like Lesnar has left utter carnage in the ring, man. And then it's like, wait, wait, there's no finish. What? Neither man can continue. Like, what's this? Yeah. And the the, the way to have a like you have an actual finish. You set up a Braun Lesnar feud. You set up Roman Braun rematch. You set up Roman and Lesnar. I know, like none of those dynamics are actually that interesting, but. It's better than nothing. Well, I'd imagine it'll be a triple threat match at Saudi Arabia. Yeah, possibly. Or that, that great tag match that we can't <laughs> see with Foley. And yeah, Heyman. maybe Foley will be there. I mean, the Saudi prince does love 90s WWF, so. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The free show had the New Day versus Rusev Day on it. Um... Which I didn't really mind. I don't like it when the pre-shows get stacked with about three meaningless matches. But having this tag match here as just like the one match, it got it got like ten minutes, ten, and it was a good match. I, yeah. I, I like the position of this. I like you know this was a long show. It was three hours fifty. Three hours forty, I think it on, was in total. On yeah. the main card and with the pre-show, that's four hours forty, which is just <laughs> so way long. too long. But usually, I don't know. It was an eight-match card in total. Usually that length is reserved for a twelve to fourteen match card. Yeah, and I preferred longer matches. I was yeah. totally fine with this. I mean, I saw over the weekend a lot of people who were upset that this was the match that got moved to the pre-show. But looking at the rest of the card, like what match would you have moved to the pre-show mm. over this one? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I so I didn't mind. No, actually. I didn't mind it either. Uh, but it is it is quite sad. The New Day cut a promo at the start saying this is the fourth Hell in a Cell in a in a row that we have defended the Tag Team Championships at. Really? And you're like, wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. And it's on the pre-show. <laughs> Again. But anyway, uh, there, there was some cute stuff with New Day clearing their throats and English coming out to do his clearing throat Rusev Day entrance. And they have a sort of clear throat off. A clear off. A clear off, much like Ric Flair and Jay Lethal wooing. <laughs> I rewatched that. On Impact. So, <laughs> so good. good. So good. Uh and I, I, want, I want to know what the original script for that segment was. Oh, I was going to say, because that would have been thrown out. Yeah. Because if there was one thing that Ric Flair gave in uh, during his TNA run, it was not an F. Mm-hmm. Like, he had zero Fs to give during that TNA run. He just did whatever he wanted. And it was usually tremendous. Yeah, I feel like that was originally a five-minute bit that went that turned into about a 10 15 minute bit with yep. just woos <laughs> and elbow dropping suit jackets but anyway this match uh it was really good they 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 crammed a lot of stuff in i thought the standout here was aiden english he's really good mm. he is really really good and that's like everyone was really good uh, but english had some impressive moves did a sent on over the top rope at one point it was uh, so Biggie did his dive through the ropes on Rusev, the one that makes you go. Oh, I wish he'd stop doing that. And then, uh, yeah, that they would. Rusev kind of caught him, and Kofi was out there too. And Aiden did this huge flip dive over the top. It looked awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then it like threw Biggie, and I think for a, a really good near fall, uh, English worked over for a bit. Kofi did a vault over the top rope, launched by Biggie onto, but that was caught by a Rusev kick. Yeah. That was really good too. But really, this sort of built up into the, the finish of this mm. and the, kind of the story they were telling. Because the previous two matches, well, this, in the tournaments that Rusev Day have had, is that Aiden English has been the one that's helped the team win. Like, he saved Rusev, he took the bullet for Rusev, pulling a Johnny Gargano, or like he was instrumental in them getting the win. So he almost got like overconfident here and tagged himself in when Rusev was setting up to hit the match kick and kind of have the match won. And then when he was being worked over 
didn't tag out, even though Rusev was there for a tag, and that led to him getting hit with the Trouble in Paradise and getting pinned. Mm. Yeah, and English even locked in the accolade at one point. Yeah, like, yeah come on, Rusev Day, we're going to do this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the... The overconfidence of Aiden English. Um, and Rusev was so close to breaking that up, but Biggie kind of had him trapped on the apron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it looks like this is building... They didn't pay off on it here like you thought, mm. but it's... it's Good. I prefer a longer, longer build story to this. As am I. But yeah, it does seem like they're going to break up Rusev Day and Aiden English. Mm. Which is a shame. It like, is a I've shame. not really got, I, you know, it's an interesting story, but really, do I want to see Rusev and English separate, which is the the ultimate goal of this, or do I want to see them together? And I, I want to see them together. Uh, as do I. I don't think there's money in a Rusev English feud. No, well, no, because it's, it's got pre-show written all over it. Yeah, but there is money in a Rusev Day act. Yeah. So, like, literally, because you can sell calendars and other and merchandise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I thought it was a good match. Uh, with, a good with some kickoff good show, yeah. So and I'd, I, again, as we said, I'd much rather this match be on the pre-show than them just, as I thought they might do, do like Carmella and our Truth versus Almas and Vega. Yeah. Like I'd much rather this be on there, have a good ten-minute match that's had some story going into it, than just having a throwaway match that's there just to break up the Legends panel talking nonsense. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, the main card had Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy as the opener, and this was when we got our first look, if you hadn't been on social media earlier in the day, at the Red Hell in a Cell. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Red Hell in a Cell? Because I've seen a lot of people think it looks awful. It, I mean, it does look awful, but it doesn't look... It's like... I, d- I don't care. No, I, don't, I, don't, I, d- I haven't really got a strong opinion on it. I get so many tweets over the weekend. It's like, any thoughts on the Red Hell in a Cell? Any thoughts on this? What do yeah. you think of this? And I, might, I didn't reply to anything because I just thought... I mean, I don't want to reply back with, I just don't care. Mm. But really, at the end of the day, I don't really care. Like, it's not, it it's looks a bit goofy and it's a bit distracting, but I don't care. I'd say we're trendsetters <laughs> here in the red room, the yeah. murder room of the temporary Wrestle Ramble studio. And uh, apparently the uh, the news is, or the, sto- the story is, the reason why it's a red hell in a cell is that people were, like, with all the promotion they've been doing for the 20th anniversary of Undertaker versus Mankind at King of the Ring 98, although that was a few months ago um, in July 98. Um, they were talking about like all this promotion they're doing. That. And Vince just like, wow, that match is really old. We need to have a redesign of the cell. And, and that was it. So they made it red. And they covered it in rubber. And that's safer. So the rubber thing uh, is, is a good idea. And I guess well, you could just paint it silver, I guess, and you still get that yep. that metal effect. Gunmetal grey. Yeah, get down to your local games workshop and get like a massive vat of it. I'm a big fan of wrestling, embracing more magic illusions. So like st- like stage show tricks, so it doesn't hurt as much. You mm. know, like blood capsules. Yeah. I think that's, that's such a that's a much better idea. It looks realistic, and, that, and you don't have to bust people open hard way. Uh, and you know, to create the illusion of a steel cage, but it, it's actually rubber, it's, it's fine. The elimination chamber's different because you can actually see that that's rubber padding. And I yes. think that does take away from the, those old grates. Yeah. But, but if you could create grates that were made of rubber, then that, that, that's perfect. And Grand. it looks like a real steel grate. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, it's a bit goofy, but it's a, it's a new toy for them to sell, I guess. Yeah, that's it. I'm, it's it's going to be a, a fun new... Yeah, Mattel range. But just think, if we still had separate branded pay-per-views, we could have had a blue one as well mm. for when SmackDown had their shows. Oh, it should be half blue. Yeah, it, it should really. Least. I mean, it's the best of both brands yeah. now. 
Uh, I'm surprised they didn't write Helena Cell. I'm surprised it wasn't an LED Helena Cell (laughs) where you could have promos for the WWE Network. With the Connors Cure logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. All over it, yeah. Yeah, Nothing nothing ramps up a blood feud like charity adverts (laughs) on the side of a a cage. Absolutely. Uh, But, yeah, so uh, the, the... it's a red hell in a cell, and Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy are in it. Yeah. I So looking at this pay-per-view, I thought the whole show was pretty terrific. Uh, and we were talking about Joe and AJ or Charlotte and Becky deserving the cage more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I just think none of them should have had the cage, and you should have just had that one cage in the main event. Yeah. Because this really, apart from a bit of face scraping at the start and the end spot of Jeff getting on top of a ladder and grabbing onto the top of the, the ceiling of the cage and swinging back and forth and doing a splash, which I'm not sure what that added to the move than just a ladder. It's the no. momentum. It's the momentum. It's, sure, it's like the Marty momentum. keeps telling yeah. you, it's momentum. Is uh, that this match really didn't need a cage. This match was in a cage for, the o- for one reason, and that's because Jeff Hardy's never done one, mm. and he's nearing the end of his career, and he wanted to do one. Yeah. So they did it. That's the only reason this is inside the cell. Mm. Fair enough, you know? No, not fair <laughs> enough. I don't think people should be handed out stuff. I think it should all make sense for the viewer and it be the best possible dramatically engaging product. I, I completely agree with you. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, I guess, and so be it. Yeah. Jeff got to have his Hell in a Cell match. It does matter, <laughs> damn it. Uh, so but actually, I thought this was a really good match. I really, really enjoyed this. And actually, I thought it turned long. It did go long, about twenty odd minutes, twenty five minutes, which I saw a lot of people take umbrage with and say that like, it didn't need to go twenty twenty five minutes. But um, I, I, th- I thought it was really decent. I thought they they kind of used their time well. Some really sort of cre- uh, good creative spots. I like the uh, the reverse suplex into the upside down ladder. I thought yeah, that was that pretty was brutal. Cool. That was really cool. I've they never al- seen that done before. Like they almost turned it into a TLC match yeah. inside a Hell in a Cell, which I thought was really nice. And again, that kind of ties into, like, I don't think the commentators told this story, that that's, you know, where Jeff sort of made his name mm. in the, you know, the early 2000s uh, during these big ladder things and the TLC matches. But um, yeah, the, I suppose the big spot of this was Randy Orton pulling in Jimmy Havoc and grabbing a screwdriver. Yes. He's been watching his Jimmy Havoc tapes. Yeah. Finally. Well, this was... This, to me, I love spots like this. Spots that are 100% safe. And it it's just like the most toe-curling thing you can see. And what happened? Randy Orton gets a toolbox from out the ring. He gets a screwdriver from that. He gets Jeff Hardy and puts the screwdriver through Jeff Hardy's large ear piercing. And he twists it. Yeah. And, you know, like, lobes can twist easy. That's fine. And it, for some reason, it, it just looked Awful. Yeah, it looked gross. Yeah. And it really worked. It's the same with like the, the finger in that he did. Um, the finger in, not the fingering. Yeah. Although it was fingering, I suppose. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, I, I, I think it looks gross and it looks really effective. Yeah, so other spots are the finger break spot with Marty. That's just a simple you know, slap of the mm. of the arms on the sides of the body to get that noise. And uh, the, the paper cut spots yes. the, uh, in hardcore matches where you, like everyone goes, oh, but... They're not even touching each other. Yeah. Perfectly safe. Perfectly safe. I really, really like Do you know what my favourite spot of this match was? My favourite match of this spot just perfectly sums up Randy Orton as a wrestler. Mm. So this is, you know, it's a big hardcore match. Randy Orton is this sick, sadistic wrestler at the moment. He's got no regards for anyone's safety. And do you know what he does? He traps 
Jeff inside a ladder. Like he gets his head up in the rung, his arms are all twisted. He's trapped in this ladder. And what does Randy do? He does a couple of stomps and then lets him out. Ooh. And I was like, nothing sums up Randy Orton more. Like any other wrestler would have done a big move. Not Randy, though. He's not putting himself in danger. It's like any time they put Randy Orton in a ladder match, he's the person who will just, I'm just going to jump down slightly and just yeah. land on my feet very safely. I'm not going above the third rung unless I have to. Unless I'm winning. Unless I'm winning, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, th- we've already talked about it. This ended with... Jeff, uh, a really good near fall, actually. Jeff reversed an RKO into a twist of fate and then a swanton bomb on a chair on Randy. Yeah. And the way Hardy lands those, that was <laughs> that was all of Hardy onto that chair, onto Orton. So do you have to give props to Orton for taking that one? But Orton kicked out. Great kick out. I thought that was the end of the match. Yeah. And Jeff sets up a small ladder, a big ladder, and a table. Yes. And... I thought, when he did that, I thought, okay, I know the spot. You get on the small ladder and you leapfrog, you leapfrog over, over it, yeah. and you do the so leg did it drop. SummerSlam 2000. Exactly. But he, I, d- I don't know what the well, use of the little ladder was. To give you the leapfrog. But he didn't do that. Well, that's because they said that if he'd have done it, he'd have hit his head on the roof. There was no room for him to do it. Yeah, so why did he set up the, the because ladder? Because he didn't realise that until he got up there, I guess. I thought that was a bit, just a bit... It was, oh, it was totally contrived. Yeah, a bit messy. A bit messy. And then he, uh, yeah, and he sort of monkey bars across and then starts swinging himself, pendulum style, to drop down. Randy Orton had moved probably about five minutes before he actually fell. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah, Orton, again, self-preservation, moved like within so much time, uh, gave himself a lot of time to get moving. It's not like Bubba Ray Dudley who would move as Jeff was falling. Yeah, yeah. No, he waited. Like, he was... As the first chance he got, he left. Um, but it looked like a really cool spot. It was really effective. They shot it very well. Um, and then, like, and I've seen a few people not like this finish, but I loved this finish of the referee going like, like, raise the cell, raise the cell, get the EMTs down, and you need help. And Randy was like, do your job. Mm. I'm, I'm going to pin this man. Do your job. And he's there with the cover. He's like, count the pin, because he doesn't yeah. care. He's got no, he's got no regard for anyone. I, I really like this as a finish for Randy. I thought it was really cool. I like it as a finish for Randy, but in the in the confines of the match, I. I don't think it, you know, I just don't think it works. That's not what a Hell in a Cell match is. Mm. Uh, and I just never bought into it. Like, the EMTs were there in a second. Like, they've been waiting there. <laughs> well, I mean, of course they were waiting. Would do it, <laughs> just say. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I, I never bought into this being this big angle that was deserved of calling the, the match off. And if the match is going to be called up, just, you know, let Orton pin him anyway. So mm. I, I, didn't, I didn't buy into it that much. Okay. But I appreciate Orton being a heel out of it. Orton was busted up. Yeah, so they, they, Jeff's belt had fallen off and they were using it as a weapon. But Randy was a bit smarter and he turned it inside out to hit them with the leather side, whereas Jeff just used the studded bits to hit Randy with and cut his leg up. Yeah. See the like the skin like falling off? Yeah. Pretty gross. Yeah, so there was welts on the back and there was, yeah, the, the leg looked awful. Yeah, pretty but gross. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good opener. I, I thought it went long, but overall, and it didn't need to be in the cage, but overall, good. And... Good finish for Orton. Yes. And this is like, we're going to make a big deal of this because WWE do not usually do good, satisfying finishes. I thought this was, throughout the show, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, AJ Styles cut a promo on Samoa Joe and then we got Becky Lynch versus Charlotte in a wonderful match. Yeah, a bit botchy in places. I thought it was was a bit sloppy at times, but 
I thought both of them were really, really, like they worked really hard in it. But I thought what was interesting is that the video package that started this 100% painted Becky as a heel. Yeah. Like they were like, she turned on her best friend and that was a real uh. dick thing to do and she is just the worst. And the commentators throughout this kept putting over Charlotte as the baby face. You need to be cheering for Charlotte. She's the one that's, you know, she's the hero in all of this. And Becky turned her back on her best friend. And that's a bad thing. Crowd disagreed because crowd were very much thinking the opposite way of this. Mm. And then right at the end, when um, Charlotte went to take the, the handshake and hold her hand up, Becky just walked away. Todd Phillips is there going like, that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. They were really like, it almost felt like today they just decided, no, Becky is the heel. We've just got to push her as the heel. Why, why are we even entertaining these fans? Yeah. Rose, get off Twitter. She is the heel. She, yeah, it's almost like Vince McMahon was just like, no, she is the heel in all of this. She has to be the heel. Despite the fact that over the last couple of weeks, it felt like they were moving away from that. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see where they take this on SmackDown on Tuesday in what direction they are taking Becky in now. Because for me, in, at the end of this match, she was designed to be the heel. She didn't come off as a heel because the crowd are massively into it and cheered when she didn't shake their hands. But the company clearly see her as the heel. Without a doubt. And Charlotte had that sort of, you know, I'm going to be honourable. You were the better woman on this night. Yeah. The, the, the handshake is left. Oh, I'm just going to stand here and pout. I'm a sad Charlotte. <laughs> but, I'm a sad hero. But Becky Lynch, like, you know... It's a badass. She's, look, she looked so awesome. She didn't shake the hand. Instead, she just Raised raises the, the belt. Oh, and she it, looked cool. It, it looked re- yeah, and you, you like, how can you not cheer for that sort of person? It was badass. It was stone cold. Yeah. Stone cold Becky Lynch. Absolutely. Um, but the the match overall, I, th- I just thought was really nice because it was Becky attacking Charlotte's arm and Charlotte attacking Becky's legs. Yes. It's all based around their respective submissions of the disarmor and the figure eight. A really great story. And what else I liked about this match, not just that, is how back and forth it was. Mm -hmm. I'm a a bit tired of WWE working over the heel, the heel working over the face for 10 minutes and then... It's a bit formulaic to me. But this, I thought, was really intense because it was just Charlotte getting moves, Becky getting moves, Charlotte getting moves, Becky getting... And it just kept on going back and forth and I thought it gave, gave it a really good pace. Yeah. And, yeah, especially grounded around those submission strategies. Uh, yay boo spot on the on the floor at one point. I Yeah, I really liked it. And it, the, the yeah. finish was Charlotte going for a spear, but Becky just rolling her over into a pin yeah. and picked up the win. Really, really nice. I thought it was actually, yeah, as I said, I thought it was a bit botchy in places, particularly as you said, that um, the Boston Crab spot when she went to do the dropkick. It was like what we talked about with Brie doing her <laughs> her suicide dives where she never had any intention of actually going through the ropes. Like Becky Lynch had no intention of ever hitting that dropkick and it very much looked like it because mm. she stopped about a foot short. Yeah, well, it need, needed to get get put in the, in well, the exa- well exactly yeah. yeah and it's it's things like that but I thought overall actually and the, the ending I'm glad to see Becky win we said this on the prediction show that because we both predicted Charlotte would win but we all we said storyline wise Becky does need to win mm. and it makes so much sense for her character for her to win so I'm so so glad to be wrong on that one and so glad that Becky is champ here really yeah. really good but although it depends on how long she remains champ or if there's going to be one of these things where she's champ up until like the Royal Rumble and then they need to put the belt on someone else to build up a bigger WrestleMania match. Yeah, yeah. Like like AJ Styles in his first WWE Championship Mm. run. Um, Then we got a backstage segment with The New Day and I love The New Day. (laughs) I thought you might uh, find this annoying. Uh, And I I think New Day have done a really good job over the last several months of being the right side of Obnoxious. So they're the fun, goofy, wacky, aren't they 
just they just want to have fun. Uh, this this segment was grating. Yeah, it was a bit annoying. Yeah, it yeah. was a bit annoying. The key to it though is they announced that they're going to be facing uh, the bar at Super Showdown. Mm. Yeah, so it's like Biggie. They're, they're all celebrating, and Kofi comes back and he's Kramer gimmick with the, the interviewer thing and he's he, doing the Richard Pryor voice reveal, yeah and they tip a keg of pancakes over booty worth which is fine and then it cuts back to the audience and co- like Corey goes of all the things I've seen that was the most recent <laughs> and I thought that was such a good line such a good line for a heel commentator talking about a babyface act Michael Cole though goes what was that you're a babyface commentator, Michael. No, It's fine for Corey to say that. That works. You should be going, hey, they just, you know, defending the, the babyface. Like Byron and Byron and Todd do this so well on SmackDown, where they yuck it up and they laugh while Corey is annoyed by it all. Yeah. Before uh, the so comments come in, we do know his name's not Todd. Sorry, did you want me to cover for you there while you were taking the sip? break. Sorry. So, yeah, I just... Uh, New Day were annoying here, and Michael Cole was wrong <laughs> for his character. But then we got the match of the night. Easily the match of the night. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. It was Drew and Dolph working over Seth for the, the like five minutes at the start. Dean gets the hot tag, and from that point, it's just anarchy. Yeah, I mean, really it, was, it was a lot of like working over <laughs> one guy, then they get the hot tag, then they work over him, and it's building up to a lot of hot tags, but... Man, it was like, by the last sort of five, six, seven minutes of this was just like big moves and near falls. And they worked it like it was a main event match. They worked this like they wanted to steal the show. And boy, howdy, did they? Like, yeah. really, really was. I thought this was excellent. And the finish, I thought, was absolutely awesome. Inspired. Absolutely inspired is a great word. I'd, say, I'd call it the second best finish of the night. Mm. On a night of very good finishes, bar that, that one at the end. Uh, but yeah, like... The, the, the thing that surprised me most about this was I bought into so many near falls. Yes. And they were near falls of setup moves. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, Seth Rollins hit the frog splash on Drew McIntyre's back. Yeah. You never pin a guy on, off a frog splash to the back. Nope. Ask Tanahashi. I was going to say. He, <laughs> he gets up there and does, a, does, does a, one to the front. Does another one because you've rolled over by that point And that's yeah. where the high fly flow has all of its impact. Yeah, the force knocks you onto your back. And, like, I went crazy for that. There was the zigzag from Dolph Ziggler on Seth. I, thought, I, I, thought I that genuinely thought that was the finish. And that was after two roll-up reversals, which yeah. were near falls in themselves. Do you know what? Dolph and Seth have really had, like, the best series of matches in WWE this year, on the main roster at the very least. I thought they've had... It's just been great match after great match between these two. No, like, no matter what sort of like you know way they're involved in, whether it be tag matches or singles, I thought they've worked really, really well. That Extreme Rules one, uh, notwithstanding, of course. I I would have to go back and look at everything else this year. For some reason, I don't think they're all. Yeah, I think I feel like there's a better one out there. Authors of Pain Tide as well, right? Of course, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Uh, and others. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that, I mean that's not to say that they're not. They don't have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just some of the spots in there. I really like Drew's belly to belly on Dean into the turnbuckle. Yeah, Drew is so good. He is absolute money. Yeah, to be fed to Roman. So there's this bit at the end near the finish where Seth goes for a dive over the top rope onto Ziggler, but Ziggler moves and Seth just crashes and burns. And five seconds later, Seth 
is on the other side of the ring for the Dean hot tag. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. And there was a really cool spot where he did do the dive and Drew and Dolph catch him. Mm. And then here comes Wacky Dean doing a dive onto all three of the men and they all collapsed. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, so it was really good. But the finish it was, was so good. Was after Rollins got that that they somehow got back round for the blind tag. He goes for a superplex on Dolph. And he hits that, and then, you know, as usual, he rolls through to do the Falcon Arrow. But Drew comes out of nowhere with this claymore onto Seth's head. As Seth falls, Dolph slightly falls on top of him. It's a pin. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Really, really great. Really, really great. I mean, I must my note here, that was a great match with an awesome finish. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed really it. Good stuff. Uh, then we got Mick Foley warning Braun Strowman backstage about... Alan Cell took years off my career. Yep. Uh, and then we got AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Now, it's interesting. When we did our SmackDown Wrestle Ramble, you said that promo that Joe did with Night Night AJ, that really feels like it would be at the start of the match on a pay-per-view because it recaps their entire feud. And I was like, that's a really good point. Why wasn't it? Yeah. And then lo and behold, it was here. They literally just replayed it. I was waiting for something to be different. I was like, nope, this is literally no. just the same promo we saw on Friday, on Tuesday. Yeah, you've got to double up. Yeah. Recycling's great for the environment. <laughs> so. Uh, I, so I like this match. I lo- this was my favourite finish of the show. My favourite well. finish of the match as well, uh, the show as well. I loved this finish. Because it, it, we'll, we'll come on to it. Really, like, you can go very interesting ways with Joe's character from here. Um, however, the whole the match as a whole, like there was, I can't really fault any of the work, uh, but I just I wasn't invested in it. I think because it's so it it's so obviously a filler match yes. in a larger feud. This is just here to pass time until the next encounter. So I just, I just never picked up for me. You know, like the, the the huge intensity there was in that SummerSlam match, where it just felt like it was chaotic and out of control. And that's the story they've supposedly been telling that Joe has got into AJ's head so much that AJ has become unhinged, and he's now not this technically proficient wrestler. He's just out of control. That never really happened here. Mm. This felt like it was just, it was a wrestling match between the two. Not to fault either of them, because it was a very good wrestling match between the two. But it was. Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it felt like a filler match because we've already announced that they're fighting again at Super Showdown and they're rumoured to be fighting again at, at SmackDown 1000. So it did feel like, well, we just got to do a stopgap thing here. But with that said, I thought the finish was absolutely awesome. Yeah, so after... It was, it was a long match with Joe working AJ over, which fits Joe's character, but I wasn't in the mood to see. Uh there were some good spots. It also struggled because the crowd were not into this because mm. they just had that barn burner in the, the between yeah. the tag match, and that this was not the match they then needed to see. I think it was a long show. It was a long show. Uh, although I did not as it didn't feel as long as some WWE shows usually do. But the finish, yes, was Joe's got the Kakina clutch locked in, and AJ rolls back, so he's flipped over, and Joe's shoulders are on the mat, and the referee counts one, two, three. Yeah, and Joe like stands up and is like, "Yes, I've won." And then he sees that the decision has gone it, against. He him. doesn't realize it until they say, "And still WWE champion." And he has this look on his face that's just like, "What?" Joe's selling of this was to perfection. AJ's selling of this was also amazing because really, it, oh, I, I didn't really pick up on. I felt that like AJ. It's almost like because you know, okay, so he tapped out on the three. You can see that AJ tapped the arm, and you only show this on the replay after all the celebrations. Yeah. and it almost felt like AJ had been. Like he'd been put to sleep. 
So even he didn't realise he'd won. Because mm. he's got the title. I, Corey Graves put it perfectly when he said, like, Joe does not look like a man who's been defeated. Because AJ is barely able to stand. He's wobbling yeah. all over the place trying to hold up the title. His selling of this, I thought, was absolutely spectacular. But Joe was incredible because Joe realises that he's lost. And he storms to the outside and he's shouting. I love this as well. He's shouting at Corey Graves. AJ tapped out. AJ tapped out. And Corey goes like, yeah, no, I know he tapped out. He tapped out. And Joe walks away and Corey goes like, I mean, I don't know if he tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Like, I said in my review, Joe's this great psychopath character. And he's just going, like, he's, just, he's chosen AJ Styles because he has the title and he's going to pick him and his family apart. But now, Joe is a psychopath with justice on his side. He is justified in what he's doing because AJ lost that match. The replay showed just before the three count, AJ's... Just gently, not taps on the mat, but Tamping taps Joe's Joe. So Joe felt the tap. Yeah, so, and that's when he, you know, Joe, and, yeah. that's Joe, why Joe thought he'd won. And the presentation of this was brilliant as well, because they were like, so Corey Graves like, we need to see a replay. Have we got a replay that we can see? And the replay they show is the first, you know, footage we saw, which is you can only see the pinfall. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, I, don't, I can't see what Joe is talking about there. Then you see a bit more of AJ sort of like wobbling around and Joe being all pissed off. And they're like, I don't know, we've just got another replay in from a different angle. Mm. And that's where you see that AJ tapped out. And I genuinely thought, remember I had my theory that Road Dog is just recycling storylines from his favorite era of wrestling. I thought they were going to do the big show at Royal Rumble 2000 where he claimed that he won because Rock's feet uh, hit the rumble, uh, hit the mat first. And I was the rightful winner. I thought they were just going to do that again. But actually, they didn't. They just, Joe said, no, dude, I've got the footage right here. I deserve to be the champion right yeah. now. Well, it's, and it's really interesting where they're going to take this feud now because AJ, as this baby face, he lost. And Joe, as this heel, he won. Yeah. But that's not the way the decision went. I, yeah, so despite me not being into this feud, like, the, again, the finish has given me a, another swell of momentum. Yeah. And you, you were talking about, there's there's a problem with AJ Styles as champion. He has had a very lengthy title reign now, coming up to a year, because it was last November, where he beat Jinder Mahal, so he could face Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, really. They kind of pulled the plug on the whole Jinder push all of a sudden. Yeah. But And then Triple H beat him in India. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then since that, uh, he's had what, what was so well, well it was because Brian Alvarez of figure four kind of like requested that someone or, you know how many um, F finishes has AJ been involved with how many screwy finishes. screwy finishes that's a better way to put it how many screwy finishes has AJ had in his WWE career and they pointed out that he's had 14 screwy finishes in his WWE career five of them have been within 2018 alone so we're nine months into the year Five of those months have seen AJ not have a, a concrete finish to um, to a match, and and Brian Alvarez was talking about I was like, and that's why I can't really get into AJ Styles matches at the moment because I'm almost conditioned now to un- like to expect there not to be a clean finish. Yeah, and I, I but I, you know I thought this was a, a really excellent finish and works so well within this story. Well, it works well within a story. I don't know if it works well within the original story they were telling, but I much prefer this story mm. than the one they've been previously telling. And later on in the show, we'll, we'll quickly talk about the backstage yes. segment they had rather than end on it. Um, Joe is like, he's shouting at the referee for missing the tap out and Paige walks in and she's like, you, you'll get your rematch at Super Showdown. That you're going to do AJ Styles versus Mojo at Super Showdown. And Joe wants it to be a no DQ match. And this is where I was like, okay, it's already slightly fallen down for me. 
This would have been more impactful, A, had they not already announced it was going to be AJ Joe at Super Showdown. This is the downside of announcing matches too far in advance. But B, if I'm Samoa Joe, why are you asking for a no DQ match? That match didn't end in a DQ yeah, or anything like yeah. that. It ended in a submission. Make it a submission match. Yeah, Make that's a good way. Kikina or a, or Clutch a versus referee. Yeah, Kikina Clutch versus um, uh, Calf Crusher. Do it that yeah. to make it a submission match. That's that, that <laughs> works in the storyline of the match you're doing, as opposed to a no DQ match, which hasn't really been involved apart from the SummerSlam match. Yeah, totally, totally. I yep, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Character-wise, though, interested to see where. Yes, this goes. very interested to see him. Looking, f- and that's kind of what I would say about this. I thought that the SmackDown side of things did fared a little bit better than the Raw than Raw side did. I'm very interested to see SmackDown on Tuesday. Mm. So good job. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm more interested in SmackDown than I am Raw coming out of this paper. Yeah. Uh, so, it's time for some Brie-hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Miz and Maurice versus Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. I, where, I have uh, seen your score for this, and I think it is generous. Yeah. I just, I, I, I read uh, that quite a few people enjoyed this match. I, I didn't. This was like, what a fun match, but I struggle to enjoy any Daniel Bryan pay-per-view match since he's come back. Because every time I'm just like... This isn't what he should be doing. Yeah. This is just mid-card filler. And you are taking away any momentum you had with him being cleared to return to the ring. This match was not built around the Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Miz versus Daniel Bryan was an afterthought in this match. This match was all built around Brie Bella getting our hands on Maurice, which, let's be honest, is the least interesting thing about this feud. And yet they presented it as like, that's the thing that everyone wants to see. Yeah. And it really dragged the match down. I get that people thought it was fun. And I thought that some of the spots of Miz, like like Maurice tagging out, because the rules are if the Miz is tagged in, then Daniel Bryan has to be in. So they did some fun stuff of like Daniel Bryan would get the hot tag, but Maurice would instantly tag out again. So Miz and Bryan would have to get back in. I thought they worked some of that quite well. But the overall impression of all this is just that they position this as Brie Bell as the most important thing in this match. And I and she was the least interesting thing there, with the exception of Maurice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, there there were a few cute bits where Miz had like the it kicks on Brian, and he was looking right at Bree. And later on, they do the stereo yes kicks. Uh, and and Miz and Brian works the majority of the match, which was much better than the women working the majority of the match because they're better wrestlers. But yeah, it just uh, Miz and Maurice tried to run away at the end. Brie gets Maurice into the ring, and there's a weird bit where Miz comes in and Every, Brie's like. Everyone was more or less out of position, yeah, like, I think. It, so it, I need to be distracted by you, Miz, just slightly entering the ring, um, and then Maurice <laughs> rolled her up and got the time. And it was the lamest looking roll up. Mm. It, was, it looked really bad. The finish was very pants, it was a bit rubbish. And I think everyone was out of position. At one point, I'm almost certain Brie shrugged. Because then she realised that everyone's out of position. She sort of went, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I haven't been a fan of this feud. Uh, I haven't been a fan of Brian's push since he's come back. I think it's so wasteful of someone we're, quite frankly, privileged to have back in the ring. And... Yeah, I don't care. It's probably the worst match on the show. I think I'd probably agree with you on that one. And um, I would say as well that the... And perhaps I'm, I'm, you know, this is me just being a conspiracy theorist, got my tinfoil hat on. But the only reason we have Daniel Bryan wrestling now is because of All In. Yeah. And All In, and that's he probably could have been cleared years ago, but they didn't want to 
for whatever reason. But with him all in and possibly leaving, he was like, I'm going to leave unless you clear me. They've cleared him, didn't really do what to do with him. So they're just doing this. And they've done nothing with him since coming back because I don't. they've never seen him as a star. He was pushed out of necessity because CM Punk left. And they were like, oh, no, dear, now we've got, now we've got to find a new top guy. I guess it'll be Brian. I think some people like him. That seemed to be the, the reaction he was given. But it'd be interesting to see, like, because Gorilla Position on their podcast talking about the where you can go next with this feud. And their kind of prediction is that at Super Showdown, Miz is going to win because it's the number one contender to the WWE Championship. Miz will win that match as well and then beat AJ and win the title. Brian wins the Rumble and you culminate this with Brian versus Miz for the WWE title Whoa, at WrestleMania. no. I can't see them doing that either, but I can see the probably more them doing Daniel Bryan wins at Super Showdown and then uh, Miz interferes in the match yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you just continue this feud. I, I think the right thing to do is... is is Brian wins the belt off AJ and then he can have a feud with Miz but Brian has a lengthy run with the belt he should be at the top of Smackdown in the mix with Joe Nakamura but the problem, and AJ the problem there and you and I have talked about this before actually we talked about this with the, the Jinder situation when Jinder won the belt last year it was like didn't have an issue with Jinder winning the belt I had an issue with him going from jobbing one week to being the number one contender the following week it feels at this moment that Daniel Bryan does not deserve to be the number one contender to the WWE Championship. Like he's on, We only think he deserves it because we love Daniel Bryan and we want to see him in a better position. But I don't think he's really, because of the way he's been positioned since mm. his return, he's not in that championship mix. Well, so when he came back, he was. Yes, he, and, he, he, sh- and he, was, he should have been. He was facing AJ and stuff, and there was the... the like. I, th- I feel like Bryan has been in the mix, but then Cass came in and kept on interfering so you have that feud deal with that and now this Miz blood feud is taking him away from the title so I've always seen this as just filler for when Brian can go to the title I I, I disagree I think he is still main event worthy 100% he's main event worthy within kayfabe within kayfabe oh you're thinking he'll be winning kayfabe oh I mean he he barely wins but these have just dragged him away from the main prize, but that's the thing. The is, blood feud. but I, I know you said he's been dragged away from him, but I've almost never felt like, apart from that one match with AJ, he's not been within the last roar of the title. He's never said, "I want to be in that WWE Championship picture." Mm. He just had that never-ending feud with Big Cass that was lower mid-card at best, and now he's in a mid-card feud with the Miz, and it doesn't really feel like either of those guys are in the position to be that upper mid-card number one contendership position. They should be. Mm. They absolutely both should be positioned that, but the company for me and perhaps this is just me, have never positioned them like that. It's a shame because Miz and Brian has the pote- had the potential to be a main event blood Oh, feud, it really should have been. Not with a title. Yeah, it should have been. You know, like how back in the day you'd have Rock versus Triple H, but you'd also have like Taker versus Stone Cold, and one would be for the title and the other one would just be a blood feud. Yeah. That's that's where these guys should be, but they've, they've watered it down with reality TV show nonsense. Because they're bigger stars. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. Talking of real stars <laughs> over on Raw, Ronda. Th- I, th- I enjoyed this match. I thought um, there was a lot of good smoke and mirrors again. Yeah, uh, to get around Ronda's still relative greenness in the ring. Although, like everything she does, I think looks great, and her selling in particular. Oh man, her selling in this match was mm. absolutely. It was fantastic. Yeah. But um, Corey Graves quickly became my favorite commentator when he said that Alicia Fox was dressed like Goza the Gozarian. It's the bad guy from Ghostbusters. Okay. Right. So I was like, so that's big thumbs up there. Yeah. Big thumbs up from me. Uh, the, Best film ever. The, the, back to Ronda's selling. There's this bit where, so she's selling the ribs, which was an injury she picked up on Raw. 
and Bliss has her in a kind of stretch to stretch out his ribs. And Ronda's selling it with her face, but she's also kind of doing this pushing away thing with her leg, like you would. I just thought it was also believable because she has experienced a lot of this pain in real life. That's it. That's what I thought when I was watching this. I was like, Ronda's so good at selling rib injuries because she's probably had rib injuries and know what that feels Mm. like. So she's just drawing from experience. She, her selling was really, really good. Yeah, whereas I imagine a lot of wrestlers who haven't gone through legit combat sports are selling what they think it would I mean, they might have had injuries, but they're performance-based injuries rather than actual fight injuries, which are going to be different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mickey and Alicia Fox were on the outside. Natalia was in Ronda's corner, so they would they pulled Alexa out of the ring at one point. I don't know why the referee wasn't more on that. He just kind of let that go. Uh, and there was a bit where Ronda just moved out the way. Bliss dived through the ropes onto. That was Mickey really nice. Although it was a bit, a bit stilted because like it was great because Ronda it does just sort of sidesteps her and she charges and and she falls through the ropes into Mickey James. But they catch her first, make sure she's safe, and then and, and then fall backwards. Yeah, uh, I liked. I think Ronda's finally got the timing of the punch catch down as well, <laughs> yeah. rather than the awkward. Whoa, yeah, back in uh, the Luke Skywalker days earlier this year. Absolutely. Uh, but they had that spot. And it, Natalia takes out the cronies on the outside. Uh, that Ronda and Bliss do this double crossbody yeah. for a double down that was really effective. And then Bliss goes to lock something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I think I kind of what she was going to do, but she started mocking Ronda's mean face. Mm. It was threat. She was not like, like taking the mick. And then Ronda rounded up. And actually and did, did mean deep face. face. And then Alexa screamed. That was a cute spot. She did a gut wrench power bomb. Um, she gets the arm bar and Bliss taps. I mean, the, the only thing that really surprised me, they did absolutely nothing around Bliss using the arm bar. Yeah. So that was the whole point of this feud. That is a shame. I thought it would have been a, a much better story. I don't know why they dropped that, because that's yeah. the story they were telling for three weeks. I know. And then it just stopped doing that yeah. and then moved to the ribs instead, which I thought was really bizarre, because we talked about them doing that spot where Bliss gets the arm bar in and then Ronda picks her up and does the powerbomb. Mm-hmm. But they did that spot in the Charlotte-Becky match, and it was at that point I was like, they're probably not going to do that match later, uh, that spot later. So what I really liked about all of this, what Ronda didn't feel as special as she has done, maybe, because she's getting more exposure it just like sort of dilutes the presence I I disagree slightly but yeah but there was a bit where Ronda sort of got in the position to lock in the armbar not having the armbar locked in but yeah I'm I'm gonna hurt Bliss now and just that motion made the crowd go yeah I was like ah move a move that's over yeah I remember these days why aren't all the moves over it's because, a really protected move. Yeah, and like when you protect a move, you make it feel special. People get excited for it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was nice to see. I thought this was uh, really, really good. Um, for me, the thing with Ronda, like you said, that she doesn't feel that special. And I, I agree I to an extent. Not as special. Not as special. And I agree to an extent because I think that there was more. I, I, I just think that she should have lost at SummerSlam. Not just because that was our prediction, but because it's at the moment Ronda is undefeated. And it's that you walk into that Asuka situation of everyone's like, well, you can't remain undefeated forever. Mm. And you're like, yeah, I mean, you can't. So the best way around that is just to actually have her, if you had her lose right at the start, then you've removed that element from it. And her chasing the title probably would have been more interesting than just winning the title and defending it. Mm. But this is the situation we're in. I think Ronda's excellent. And I think that she was really good in this match. But it's, I think I was more interested in Ronda in the chase than as champion. Totally. Uh, So overall... 
I gave this a low four out of five. I would have given it the exact same score. I, I thought it was a really, really good pay-per-view. I'm surprised there's been so much negativity. But again, mm. I think it's because that last, the very last moment with that really awful finish to the main event has made everyone sort of like forget about how good the rest of the pay-per-view yeah. was and just say that was an awful pay-per-view. Because actually I thought it was, overall it was excellent. Even that match, like just that little bit at the end sort of ruined that middle part of the match which was enormously fun yeah uh, yeah but just imagine if they they were so close WWE if you just left Roman on Braun and you had that clear winner yeah it would have been it would have been so satisfying yeah but you can't cut the, net, the network feud quickly yeah, can you because yeah. they need to remove the booze so I suppose you can expect a lot of the uh, pay-per-views to get cut quickly mm. moving forward the Roman era ladies and gentlemen Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.